Hello and welcome to Bucket List Board Gamers, the podcast where board gamers come together to talk about board games. My name is Luke Pickles and with me are the continual feeder, Kay Brown. Hello. And the invertebrate, Jay Davis. Hello. How are you both? Having just called you intriguing names as I don't know you well enough to know whether they are appropriate <laughs> or offensive in any way. I think I came off better out of that one, to be fair. Yeah, although to be fair, <laughs> um, you probably got hit the nail on the head because I'm constantly called a feeder. My partner says I'm a feeder, he says it's the reason why that his trousers don't fit him anymore. So yeah, I think you probably hit the nail on the head. <laughs> no, that's right then. That's that's fine as long as I'm offended. Um, today's game is probably one that is it's a big one in the hobby. Let's be real about it. It stole our hearts with the theme, the wonderful Beth Sobel art, and quite frankly, the community loved it because it swept the Golden Geek Awards in 2019. From Elizabeth Hargraves and Stonemaier Games, we are talking about Wingspan, the action selection tableau builder with a ton of unique birds, but only four actions to play. Score some end round goals and build your engine and see if you can become the best bird watcher. That's pretty much all there is to, to the overview of Wingspan. There's a lot of nuances as we delve into this, but what do we think? It's just the game that keeps on giving. Mm. I just, the intro's perfect in its entirety, and it's, mm. it is simplistic in the movesets you can make. But the level of complexity that the game keeps on giving with the extra expansions, mm. the extra tokens, it's beautiful, it's... It's poetry is probably the best way to describe it because mm. it's just so synchronised and each time they bring out an expansion, it doesn't displace the gameplay at all. It enhances it. It adds different combinations, different things to look out for. And I've played it so many times and each time it's never, ever felt like the same gameplay, even though you've only got those four moves. And I just think it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, for me, I've not played it much. Kay taught me how to play it, as with most of the games we own. Kay and, and Jason, her partner, were the ones that taught us how to pick the game up. It was one that was recommended to me when we very first started getting into the hobby, but with the price tag on it. And it'll be a controversial thing to say, but I, I'm not a huge fan of the art. I can appreciate that it looks amazing, and I can see why mm -hmm. everyone is. But for me, that's not the thing that drew me in about the game. I think it does look great, I'll admit that, but for me, I prefer the more cartoony graphics on boxes or the more vibrant colour sets and, and that kind of thing. So looking at it, it probably wouldn't have been one that jumped off the shelf at me if people hadn't told me how good it was. And then, yeah, when we first played it, I was like, actually, no, this is this is really good. And it, it's one of the ones where I got the rule book out and I was like, it seems fairly straightforward, but I'm not 100% sure I'm, I'm doing it correctly. And then when we went and played it with Kay, we, we really figured it out. And now it is one, yeah, that we play quite a bit because it, it's a Again, it's, it's complicated and easy at the same time, which doesn't really make much sense, but it's as complicated mm. as you want to make it. So you can yeah. play it really simplistically, or you can play it with a longer-term end goal, or you can go for the quick points early. And there's, there's a lot of styles to play it, depending on how complicated you want to make it, I suppose is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, it, it deserves its praise, shall we say. Mm -hmm. But for me, the art style is... I, I'm probably in a different boat to nearly everyone, because the art style is not one of the things that wins me over from it. But I can appreciate why a lot of people feel that way. It's certainly a art style that's... It's realism. In its, in its aesthetics, I think, is probably the key point here. And I think that's more to do with the theme than it is anything else. I think if we did 
I have seen um, someone who did a googly eyes version of a few of the cards where they just put <laughs> googly eyes over some of the cards and it looked ridiculous, which it's supposed to because you put googly eyes on birds, it's going to look silly. But I think the, the point of this game is to bring ornithology to the forefront, I think, and yeah. to have that element of it, which is absolutely fine, which is why I don't really mind the art being effectively being pictures. Yeah. Um, which is, is something I don't mind. However, I will say that I do have an issue with that style of artwork in Arc Nova. We may talk about Arc Nova in a future episode. I may not write the script for that one because I'm not particularly fond of Arc Nova as a controversial <laughs> figure. There you go. Put, drop some comments in chat if you want to. I don't mind. <laughs> you can do what you like. Um, that is the thing. So, Wingspan, yeah, I, I really enjoy Wingspan. I think it's a, it, as you say, it's got a lot of depth of strategy in there and there's a lot you can do and a lot of different paths you can take. There is a, a luck element based on sort of some of the, the cards that can come up and the end game scoring roles, but I think there's enough information on those cards to give you a sense of how doable something is. So the percentages on the cards, for example, saying how likely are you to pull this many, this type of bird? And they are very hot, you know, they're all relatively low percentages, like 25%-ish for you to draw this particular nest of bird. You need to have this particular nest of bird and it's this percentage of the cards in there. It's like, okay, I could I could probably do this. As long as I build up things well enough that I can just go through the deck and just keep going and try and deal with the problem. So there's a, a lot you can do in it. But you mentioned, okay, about the expansions. There are three so far, the European, Oceano, and Asian birds. And there is the promise of future expansions with the remaining continents. So what what do we like so much about the expansions that have come out so far? I think I'm speaking probably more to Kay than I am to you, Jay, in this one. And then what are we hoping will come next? So for me, each expansion they've brought to the, brought to the game has added just a little bit of an extra element to it, and they've seamlessly blended it into the base game as well. So they brought um, Europe out first, and you've got the added eggs and different cards. It's teal powers, wasn't it? Yeah, so you've got that little bit of extra ability and laid it on. Then they brought out Oceanic, is it the next mm -hmm. one? Um, and where you brought Nectar, again, adding another resource to collect, different elements. Now, the one for me that see the winner is Wingspan Asia. And the reason mm -hmm. why is because they brought two things to the game, which elevated it significantly. So you added in the two-player mechanism, so they've got the two-player variant of it which as somebody that plays a lot of two-player games, it's just a fantastic little, you know what little isn't the word, it's a fantastic expansion that adds mm -hmm. a way to play two-player differently and also a bit, and quick, and it feels quicker as well. I think maybe because mm. we hadn't added, when we played it, we didn't add in all the cards we wanted to play Asia as it was as a standalone. Yeah. But that's the one that it feels a bit similar to Ares Expedition is to Terraforming Mars. You can get it to the game a bit quicker. It's... Mm -hmm. It's the, you get the game, but you do, and there's a little bit more of an element to it that's different to playing the main game. We also brought in the seven-player variant, which I haven't played personally yet. However, having read how it plays and also spoken to people that have played this, it's absolutely brilliant. And it doesn't add more time to the gameplay because you're not playing seven individual or seven people no, simultaneously in the rounds. You're playing this. There's two lots of everything on the table and you're playing simultaneously and everybody gets to have be a first player in essence, which I think is 
a great mechanic they've added in there. And for me, Age is the winner out of the three so far. I think it just adds in. I wasn't sure how they were going to take it any further. It felt like the next expansion would have maybe another coloured egg or maybe another set collection of birds. And but taking it in that direction, I thought was absolutely fantastic. Where mm. we'll take it from there? Obviously, there's different continents, there's different birds, but how to make it any different and add any more elements to it? I'm not quite sure. But yeah, I think they all have their own individual ones. But Asia is absolutely fantastic. I think the, the next one that is mooted is probably going to be Africa. And I say that on absolutely no authority whatsoever. But it's I think Africa is probably the most likely one. The one that I'm I'm personally most looking forward to is the Antarctica one, which is just a bunch of penguins. Um, because that's just going to be a whole bunch of penguins, and I love a penguin. I think you're right. The, the Asia expansion, having that two-player variant is, is good, because it means... I mean, I played regular base wingspan, with just two as recently as Thursday and we're recording this on a Sunday and it was good because it was just it just sped through and it just kept going but as far as I can tell with the six to seven player variant if you ever do play a six to seven player variant in theory it shouldn't play anywhere near as long as a four or five player variant it should play closer to a three player game because you've got two people taking simultaneous turns so there's They've been clever in doing that because I think Stonemaier have seen how others of their games that have a large player count, like Tapestry and Scythe in particular, you can play with more players. It's going to slow the game down a lot. So they've done something to try and keep that balance, which I really enjoy. Have you had any experience, Jay? No, I've not played the expansions, but from what I've just been listening to, I think it's sort of a credit to them that it would be a really easy game to go, well, there's loads of birds, so all the expansions were just going to churn out a load more birds and that's it. That's all Hmm. we need to do and people are going to give us money for it. And the fact that they've actually gone to the effort of changing things up significantly, so introducing the Mm -hmm. nectar or making these variations of gameplay that they didn't have to do is a real credit to how much they are invested in it because... It would have been a really easy one to do a cash grab and just go, here's another deck full of birds and a different colour egg, done, bang. And do that five or six different times, whereas actually it looks like they're trying to do something a bit different and you get a bit more value for money every time you buy an expansion. Mm. So yeah, I think that's a, a really good thing to do and it shows that they're not just in it for the money and bang, here's another one, done. We'll do another one in six months and you can get some birds that are practically the same as the ones you've got, just with a bit of different Mm. art on. So I like that element. I like when companies put that level of effort in and don't just cheap out on it and do something that is an obvious way to just grab another 20 or 30 quid off you for not much else. Yeah, and I think Mm -hmm. Stonemaier's a publisher. They 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 have such a rapport with their community and they listen and they prove time after time after time that they're listening to the feedback. And they're taking it on board. So the version of Wingspan that we played with, that I played with you, Jay, had the starter scenario. It was based existing yeah. in the original game. So yeah. we had an original version um, and we ended up buying an additional copy. So that went, my father-in-law has that copy and we have a, one of the newer copies. And that had that starter pack in it and it's brilliant. And it's a really clean and easy way to teach new players. And it doesn't give any embarrassment if you don't understand how to play. It's where you can sit and just read the card and play it, and then it just clicks into place. And also the feedback that they've received in the community regarding the disposable elements, so recycling and the environmental impact. So as the game's productions increase, they've introduced cardboard resource holders, biodegradable bags, 
-hmm. And there's so much thought and there's so much process that goes into every element of these fans in particular. But not only that, throughout our all Stonemaier games, I just think as a publisher, they deserve all the credit they receive. And they're very customer facing as well. So they broadcast every week and speak on lives to customers and to their audience. Mm. And you feel, you don't necessarily feel like you're, I'm saying the word customer, but you don't feel that way. You feel part of the community. And I think mm-hmm. that's what they've really nurtured with Wingspan. And they've brought so many people into this world and also said, what would you like? And they've done cards for customers that are wanting to, sorry, I've said that word again, to the community that have wanted to get engaged to their partners and they've reached out and they've got specific artwork and they've put them in the decks and then they've pulled the card. They've been like, got down on one knee. And it's all those little intricacies that just make, it's not just a board game it's a community it's an ex i'd like to say it's probably like an experience in a way because once you get into the world of it you can get as lost as you want in it and get involved and i just think it's wonderful we will we will absolutely have to do an, a full episode dedicated to just stonemeyer as a publisher i think and i think we could probably you know we could probably chat with james stegmeyer he's more than happy to come and have interviews and talk to people so we probably look at that at some point but stonemeyer are one of my favorite publishers I think because of that, as you say, there is that continual feedback that is going into the company that they're putting out these great games. And I think one of the things that's probably clear from that in Wingspan specifically is the development of the game from between... So the European expansion just added more birds and those sort of teal powers that trigger, I think, during end of round is the, is the teal birds. Between... The original Wingspan coming out and the Oceana expansion coming out, there was a lot of feedback that it's very easy to just get to the last like three or four turns in the final round and just spam eggs. Mm-hmm. Because you just go, well, I've got nothing else I can really do here, so I'm just going to spam some eggs. I'm just going to get a butt-ton of eggs, and then I don't have to deal with it anymore, and I've got a load of points from that. With the Oceana expansion, they brought in that nectar and that area control aspect, which meant that there was at least multiple paths that you're trying to contest over to try and do different things with that nectar. And having that as a wild resource was always particularly beneficial because you can then use it however you want and drop that element in. So I think taking that feedback and going, okay, this is how we can adjust it slightly so it doesn't feel like you're playing the same end of game for the last like three or four turns. Once you've got your engine to a certain point, you just go, I just need points. I'm just going to get 12 points here from just doing one thing. And that in the Asia expansion, they've now added in so that you've got the two sides. So you could play it with the base game board, or you could play it with the Oceana and side of the player board. So you've got that nectar option thrown in as well. So there's there's a whole lot of that continual feedback going that comes from, you know, Tapestry is a big example of that. Like they're constantly playtesting the different civilizations and making slight adjustments like board game arena there's all sorts of different adjustments being made on them and there's going to be a final variant of them published later this year i think so there is a whole host of that discussion constantly happening which is i think great to be honest i I think it's great when publishers do that but wingspan itself i think has just really captured people's i mean it appeared in an episode of was it coronation street that it popped up in in the not too distant past it's just like that's bonkers. Why? <laughs> What's what is happening there? What? Why do you guys think it? And pardon the pun. Actually, no, don't pardon the pun. It's a good pun. Why do you think it took off as much as it did? I think it's the the artwork for a start. As I said, it's mm. not one that appeals to me, but it appeals to a mass audience in that 
it looks beautiful and it's sort of educational i suppose as well so you've got mm. that aspect of if parents want to play it with kids there's an educational aspect to it it's got the literal wingspans of the birds on the cards you've got a nice little image it tells you where they like to live what they essentially like to eat all that element of it that is is factual and it, it's useful to to not I suppose not useful to know, but it's something that you can use as an educational tool as well as a fun game and mm. potentially spark a hobby in, in someone that, oh, I've, I've played it on here and I've collected all these cards in the game. I'd like to go out and actually see the real-life versions of these birds. And, mm. and I think that appeals probably to a lot of people. And then the fact that it is just quite an easy game to figure out and play and have your own style. And like you say, there's a lot of different potential win conditions. So... You can be the player that just tries to get every egg in the game, or you can be the player that tries to get all the spaces on your board filled up to get the better benefits, mm-hmm. or you can go for one particular end goal or a different one. And I just think it's that choice of play. You're not all steaming towards the same outcome. You can all take different routes, and then it's just who ends up, A, playing it better, or B, gets the look of the draw. But like you said earlier on, even the look element is sort of negated because you know what the end goals are from the start, so you can work towards them regardless of what comes out. And also, there's so many opportunities to draw more cards that if you haven't got the particular card you want, you can still keep trying to go for it and and just go for the draw more card route until you get the ones you need. So I think it's all those things rolled into one, just makes it a really alluring game. And even at the price tag that it is, you'd expect that to potentially put a lot of people off, but I just don't think it does because there's so much included in it and so much involved that it's worth the money. Hmm. Yeah, I think the theme of it appeals wider as well. So I see a lot in the board game community where it's been a family, a game to play with family and non board game with family, especially with older relatives. So they said, okay, I've got this game. I think you're going to enjoy it. And for years, they've been, I don't want to play any board games. Don't, I don't want to do this. And they put it on the table. And so well, it's just a board game about birds. And all you've got to do is pay for the birds and put them in their habitats and score some points. And hmm. they're like, oh, okay, that sounds pretty easy. And then they start playing the first few rounds and it draws you in. And you're like, oh, okay, there's a little bit more to this. And then I think even the most entry-level gamers start to feel like they're getting board gaming from this game, if that makes sense. So they think mm-hmm. once things start popping into place, they start thinking, oh, gosh, you know what, actually, I could play a few more board games. And it's just it's just a great game to bring and to teach and to just bring a lot of different elements into into a family um, and to teach different elements of board gaming. Because it isn't a work mm-hmm. placement, which is a lot of the traditional entry-level games that you tend to teach people is that it's a little bit different and it's a bit more of a it is a card placing and tableau building in the, in a way and hmm. um, so yeah i think it's an easy teach it's visually appealing and even if you're not a fan of the artwork the pieces themselves are visually the, the fact that you've got the 3d dice tower the eggs themselves you know it's got that quirky cuteness to get engage people even if the artwork's not everyone's pretty yeah it's, it's certainly something that does stick out and i think having that global aspect that they're bringing into it now with all the different bird types because they started off with understandably the americas and now they're bringing in europe asia australasia Oceania, the oceanic areas there's a lot of potential to expand our horizons a little bit more when it comes to that sort of game so it's it's something that's definitely a a huge selling point for it and i think having something like the nesting box that they are 
or have published and are doing reprints of, and I'm still waiting for my copy to turn up, to put <laughs> all of your wingspan into a single location and to have all your future wingspan stuff put in there. I think it's a really big swing. It's it's definitely a almost a flex of the game, mm-hmm. but it's still got that nice artwork and you still got that nice element of it and you condense your collection down into a single, I say manageable container. I imagine it's very <laughs> heavy once you've got all the cards in there. And that's something I quite like is when you've got an expansion that add that you can then put into a singular box. Yeah. That always seems to be quite beneficial. It's something that I like from like folded space inserts. That that you do that, it's just like, oh yeah, you can just you can tuck this in here, and you can add the uh, expansion in if you you're feeling saucy. What Kay said as well, just going back to that about the the components, mm. they're really high quality components in it as well. So it justifies that price tag in that the eggs are really nice. The like the bird box when we played it, at yours. I I've got a copy of the game, but I'd not played it yet because Kay does printing and that kind of thing. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to get one of these bird box things off you, and then. You're like, no, no, that that comes in the game. Yeah, I can see now. It justifies the price. Everything in it is really well made. And even the fact that the tray you keep the cards in becomes part of the game, where you line the Mm -hmm. cards up on it to draw from. And it's not just three piles of cards on a table anymore. It's in a little plastic tray that elevates them up. And I like all that kind of thing where you literally unpack it from the box and it's ready to play. Mm. Yeah, I can appreciate the the high quality aspect of it as well. And I think that probably plays into a bit of why people end up buying it because they see it or they play it with someone else and they're like, well, actually, this is a really nice thing to have. It's not just bits of card that are going to deteriorate over time. It's really well made and solid. So, yeah, I think that's another aspect of why it's become so so popular. And there's definitely a lot of people that can give you upgraded bits if you want to. Like there are people that do 3D printed birdhouses that you can do to replace the cube. There's you know, a first player marker that you can get that goes around, looks like a little blue jay you can get from a company called Geeky Meeples, if that's a thing. Um, so you can go and <laughs> you can do all sorts uh, with those. You'll find out why that's funny if this is your first episode listening to us uh, later on. <laughs> but um, you can do all sorts of different things to the game to enhance it, but you don't necessarily need to. I will say... Don't play Wingspan around Easter if you have little ones and mini eggs. That's oh the only thing I'm going to... <laughs> so many. So I'm a card sleever. As a family of board games, we sleeve our cards. Um, it's, it's not everybody's <laughs> thing. It's an expensive thing to do. It's something that we picked up off other board gamers. And it does make packing away the box a bit difficult, especially when you've got as many expansions as we have. Mm-hmm. However, that being said, when I see... Unsleeved cards with mini eggs on them. Easter. <laughs> now I get it because a part of me thought, like, you know, that's great. Let's play with mini eggs, and if you get to the end of the game, you can eat as many mini eggs as you get. But my heart races, and I'm thinking that melts, and it gets chocolate on the card, and <laughs> it really gives me palpitations. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't watch. <laughs> That's a that's a step up in commitment to making sure you definitely want to eat, play this game quickly. Like, yeah. no, no, you're just going to keep playing. You're going to keep yeah. playing. Bring in the bring in the cooling fan. Come on, yeah. AC on. <laughs> I don't think I could play it with mini eggs because I'd end up eating my stash before it was time to tot all the points up, and then I'd end up losing. So, yeah, it's it's a bold statement to go by using real mini eggs because you've got to have some real self control till the end of the game to uh, to yeah. play that one through and not lose. All right, I'm just going to play this bird, and I need to pay an egg cost. And uh, where am I? Where am I? 
So what? Um, <laughs> but I mean, there's there's all sorts. I mean, I've got a poster sitting just over my shoulder, looking at that. That is, um, you know, from Meeple Design. There's there's all sorts of different styles and things that this is inspired. I think, and I think it's certainly given a a lot to think about. I mean, I talked about this earlier on. Wingspan itself has won so many awards, and it still wins awards. Like it's the game came out in 2019. It swept. It could not have done better in the Golden Geeks, quite frankly. I mean, for that year, it won about 90% of them. And the only reason why it didn't win the other ones is because it didn't fit into that category. <laughs> like, it didn't fit into... It couldn't fit into heavy game, medium, and light all at once. It was just a... I well, don't know. But, it's, <laughs> but, te- but, well... Now it probably could. It's, it's, you can... Yeah. With, I'd quite happily put the base game into the light category, played on with the expansion into the medium, and then... Although it depends on the, the heaviness, I think you probably might not get there. But if you've got them all in there, all the expansions, it can be quite a heavy game to play because, you mm. know, you, you, there are so many cards and so many options. And I know Jay mentioned previously about trying to get to burn through cards, but you're talking over a thousand different cards, if not more. When you've got all the expansions in there, if you're trying to get one card, chances are you're not going to get it because... There's mm. just so many variations. There is a heck of a lot in there. I mean, I'm looking at it on Board Game Geek at the moment, and it is number 25 overall. You know, it's... I don't know if it's the lightest game that's on the top... in the top 25. In fact, if I'm going to play some, uh, you know, general do 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 the music in the background whilst I check this. It's one of those games that's got so much hype but deserves it. There's some games mm. that get really hyped, and then when you play them, you sort of think, hmm... I, I don't get it, or yes, it's a good game, but does it really deserve everything I've heard about it? Whereas with this mm-hmm. one, I don't think that applies. I think it deserves every inch of the praise that it's got because it is so much fun to play. And there'll be people out there that are contrarian and like, oh no, it's not as good as it. Everyone makes out it's not that fun, blah blah. And that's perfectly fine if that's your opinion of it and you don't enjoy it. Then yeah. that that's fine. It, like we said in, in the last one, you said, Luke, there's no wrong way to do gaming. If you no. don't like a game that everyone else does, that's just your perspective on it. And I don't understand why so many arguments break out, more more so in the video game sector than in, in the board game sector, I think. But yeah, I don't get when people sit and argue over whether a game's good or not. If, if it's your opinion that it is, then it is. And if it's somebody else's opinion that it isn't, then to them it isn't. And that's just carry on with it. Just don't play it with each other if that's if that's the case, if you don't like it. Well, that's um, it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's one that does deserve all the hype. And if you're one of the few people that doesn't get it or it just doesn't click with you, then fair enough. But I think it's got such a wide audience, like you said earlier on, that it clicks with more people than it doesn't. Even mm. if you have no interest in birds, which I don't particularly have any interest in, in wild birds and that kind of thing, I still got a lot out of it because the gameplay was fun. We had a real laugh playing it for that first game. I came last, but I wasn't bitter about it all. And um, yeah, and then we've played it quite a bit since. So, so yeah, I think it's a good one and it, it deserves what people say positively about it. Yeah, and I think that's a testament to a good game. I always say if I play a game and I want to play it again and I haven't won, that to me is a good game. If I've enjoyed yeah. playing and haven't won. I mean, out of me and myself, my partner, he is the one that plays to win. And he's hmm. very, very good at wingspan. So he must play four or five times minimum a day on Board Game Arena. He's got a really high ranking on it. He's played it countless number of times with my father-in-law at Games Nights. And he's very good. 
how and he's got certain combinations that frustrate me because he's played it so many times he sees certain combinations that I don't. But still, even in my deepest frustration, I still want to go back and play it. And yeah. that to me is why I love the game so much. Is like I just feel like it's it brings me back in every time and I could have a horrendous game but still want to play it again. I think mm-hmm. you've mentioned there that he plays it online as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's also worth mentioning that they've actually done like a self-encased game, like video game version of yeah. Wingspan, yeah, that's an app. Um, which which plays really well. And it was in one of the Humble Bundles. So I think a lot of people have got it just from the board game Humble Bundle that yeah. came out. And I wasn't sure because sometimes games don't translate that well to playing on a, a PC or a console yeah. or whatever, do they? Because it's you don't have that tactile you've got the cards in your hand and you can look through them and play them but that one works quite well Mm -hmm. and we i got it on my steam deck and and me and my partner played it passing it off between each other to Mm -hmm. play our own hand and that and and it does work well so if you're not wanting to splash out the 60 quid or whatever it is to get the actual physical game you have got this option to to buy a, a digital version of it that actually works really well if you've got the means to play it so again another reason that it's probably done really well is that you've got these multiple avenues to actually play it as well. And the execution of the digital version is, is fantastic in these with the soundtracks and the sound effects mm. as well. They everything that the brand of Wingspan touches, it follows all the way through all media types. I think that's another reason why it's so successful. So the same mm. level of quality of artwork, the thought process behind it. You get I think as a board game of playing the digital the digital version brings me a different kind of enjoyment and I do enjoy playing it because I'm listening to the different sound yeah. effects and I feel like I'm getting a different version of the game even though it's technically the same but you get with the sounds and the, the different um, visuals it's just great and I think even on BGA it's not you don't get as many of the sound effects because it just gets more simplistic but you're still getting that board game transition and that feeling that you're playing the actual game and that is brilliant. Yeah I mean there is a I think there is a companion app that goes with with it, I think it's called Wing Song, mm-hmm. which you can use to scan the bird card in front of you, and it will give you that music of right. from their library that they have. Oh, is there an AI and... version of it as well? They've been trialing the way you can scan the bird, and it will a three D bird will AI will fly out on your phone as well. I think that's oh, like an augmented reality. Yeah, thing. to make it really yeah, it could impressive. be. But that's a, that's something to keep out if you want to add that level of theming. You're not in a, a a natural birdhouse, and you just want to give it a go. <laughs> um, do we have any final thoughts on Wingspan before we start to pack away the game? For me, I think it's going to be, I know we're going back to what we, where do we think it's going to go next? Or mm. I think that's going to be interesting. I've, I'm excited to see what they do with future expansions. I think it feels like it could continue growing and growing and growing. It's very much like rooted. It just seems to have and Dominion, they seem to have like a continuous expansion. They seem to keep on going forever. Yeah, It feels like one of those games that has the potential to do that. I think what would be nice is perhaps something like they did with Scythe, when they've got a My Little Scythe, maybe like a My Little Wingspan, or the, mm. the Bird Egg, or something something nice and sweet for the younger audience, because the execution of My Little Scythe is fantastic. And mm-hmm. it's really fun, it, and, it may, and it's really, it's got the chunky characters and it's just great and I think they've got a real opportunity there to do something really really wonderful for that younger audience as well with that so I'd love to see something of that nature come out yeah they could they certainly could be a wingspan chicks edition yes yeah absolutely. and you could you could play on the education aspect even more in that one and and really ramp that side of it up I suppose mm-hmm. to to make it even more worthwhile for 
for kids to play. Uh, mm. I think for me, it is just if if you have no interest in birds, don't be put off. Still give it a go because the game itself, the theme is lovely, but it doesn't rely on the theme, if that makes sense. It all meshes together, but you can have just as much fun playing that game without being that into the theme. You can still have fun with the mechanics of it and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it is a game that they could, in theory, you could reskin it with something else. It would take a lot of work, but I think you could potentially reskin it with something other than birds, I believe, and it would still work just as well. I believe Someone have, has done that. Yes, the board game version. So si- similar to, is it, oh gosh, what's it called now? It's not Rolling Heights. It's, what is it, Rolling there's a board game where you get different expansions and they have different board games in there that you can play. Rolling Realms. Rolling Realms, that's the one. But someone, Also stone my game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody has created a Wingspan version skin that's board games. And so you yeah. play your Catan card and it does this. And you play, right. your, play your Wingspan card and it does this. So I'd be really interested to see. I'm not sure if it's a print or play or if it's, a, it's going to be a published version or not, but I completely agree. I think a reskin of it would be exciting to see how they do it because all they'd have they would literally be a reskin they could just change the wording and the imagery yeah and they could do that they don't need to but i think it'd be really exciting to do it i mean gosh how many times has patchwork been reskinned over the years and still continue to <laughs> but yeah no, i agree with you on that one jay i just think you could do it with i was thinking more just animals so in my head i was thinking oh you could do an insect version or you could do a reptiles version or that but then yeah when you've just said that the the scope for doing pretty much anything i mean you could go as far as to do like an an outer space version and just make a load of aliens up for it and it would still play the same way you just have to have that common theme of in this it's the wingspan which does the name of the game does come into it on a couple of occasions doesn't it because you can get cards where it's like if the next bird you pull out has a bigger wingspan than X, Y, Z, you get points for it. So it does sort of tie that in. As long as you could come up with a common denominator across everything that you would themed it on so that you could still use that element, I think it could work with practically anything. The game is that well-built from a core mechanic perspective. Mm. The theme could be anything as long as you can keep it consistent and it would still just work and it might appeal to other other audiences so i don't know if that would be something they potentially look at doing eventually different animals different species different i mean doesn't even have to be things that are alive does it you could do i don't know you could do a toy story version do you know what i mean if you could get enough characters out of it to to put them on all the cards there's like endless potential for what you could do and it might end up being one of those games or it could potentially end up being one of those games that gets like a million different variants like munchkin and stuff like that where it's just mm. literally rethemed, and it's the same core game. Yeah, I mean, those are definitely scope for those to to happen. I I personally don't see that happening. Uh, no, I don't think that... it will. But I think there's just there is the potential if they ever wanted to do it. Yeah. I think it could work. But yeah, I don't. They, it had water down the original product. I think, and they probably wouldn't want to do that. It, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like that's the sort of thing that they do. Mind you, some I have now. They're bringing out um, expeditions, which is the sort of follow up to Scythe. It has been a while since Scythe has come out. They're doing all sorts of different things with their various expansions. I think we're just going to see. We're just going to see more birds, and yeah. more birds is a good thing in this game. <laughs> Will there come a point where there's too many birds? Maybe there might. There might come a point where they say, "Okay, you need to take out this." 
portion in order to shuffle these in and yeah. it can it might get too bloated but as we've said before there's a lot of card draw options to sort of run through the deck and it just keeps that replayability available if there is a stack of bird cards a foot high and you can only see some of them you know we'll see how it goes I think it potentially plays to that house rules element as well doesn't it if you wanted to mm. build your own deck out of all the thousands of cards there are that you prefer to play towards you can mm. do that you can shuffle through those thousand cards and pick 500 of them that you like the best and then dis- discard the others or play with the others the second game and then it makes a completely separate game of it yeah certainly try we have one card that if you get that your first time you're allowed to play is one of the crows and it's it goes back to the conversation about egg spamming and egg just it's one of these cards that you get on your first turn it's the first bird that you play it could it's a pretty much guarantee win because it gives you the ability to constantly lay eggs on the birds and it's just we've we've house ruled it as if it comes out your first hand it gets binned off <laughs> we'll have to get rid of it because it's just too powerful so yeah i think there is an element of there could be a different deck build to make it like the perfect yeah. weighted game all right, so that brings us to the end of the game. All that remains is to look at the scores and to put them into the board game stats. Jay, what would you give Wingspan? For me, I'd give it a solid 8. I mm-hmm. think if it was a theme that appealed to me more or artwork that appealed to me more, it would be right up there pushing a 9.5, yep. 10. But for me, that element of it just, and it is a personal preference, just brings it down to a solid 8 for me. But it is one that comes out quite a bit, so... Sure. For okay. Me, for me, it's an eight point five. So mm-hmm. I have to caveat that I don't. I've not got many nines. I haven't found a ten yet. So for me, eight point five is really high up there. But yeah, solid eight point five. Okay. Uh, I I probably in the same boat of an eight point five. I think there's there's enough variety. I need to play with the expansions. I've got two of them sat on the shelf that have not really seen the light of day that much. So I need to really give those a good go, and that'll probably push things up a little bit. But yeah, I think solid game. Looking forward to seeing what else comes from it. There is an element of, I need to finish the collection. You know, need to get all the birds. <clears throat> need to get... Do, oh, you can do a Pokemon version. Got to catch them all. You need to put them all in place. That'd be... Oh, that'd be fun. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's cool. Uh, so, yeah, that puts us at roughly 8.3, I think, as an average for, for us, which is pretty good. Um, all right, so... All stuff to do then is to put the lid back on the box and say thank you to our panel and for them to say where you can find them. Jay, where can we find you? Bucketlist Gamers on Facebook or bucketlistgamers.com will take you to the Connected podcast. I still don't know whether to call it a brother or a sister podcast or or what we'll go with, so I'll go with Connected this time. So Bucketlist mm-hmm. Gamers is a video game-based podcast to rival the Bucketlist Board Gamers analog board game podcast so if you if you're into your retro gaming and want to hear us talk about some of the hundred games to play before you die and what we think of them spoilers it's not all good when you've got games in there from like 1983 that had that don't hold up very well so yeah they're not always (laughs) positive reviews but if you want to go across there and listen to that we'll be very very grateful and hopefully you enjoy that as much as you do this one and okay you can find me at geekinipus3d printing on facebook or Instagram, and you may or may not just throw it out there, be able to get some Wingspan first player tokens and 3D printed bird houses if you want to them. <laughs> <laughs> we did a plug for that earlier. I know, I'm uh, following <laughs> it up and making it clear. <laughs> <laughs> I picked mine up at Aircon, it's great. Um, and I have been Lee Pickles, I am the Game Master for Eat, Chris, and Survive, where some friends and I play board games, D&D, and we generally just chit-chat about board games, where we have our 
top of the box series that we're going through, top tens of various things, uh, and also our ongoing D&D campaign and some general board game playthroughs, including one for pretty much every expansion of Wingspan, except for Asia. We haven't got to that yet, but we'll get there. Until next time, friends, thank you very much for listening to the Bucket List Board Gamers. Share this with a friend. Let people know about us if you think it's something that they would be interested in. Hit the subscribe button so you can get more episodes whenever they come out. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.